You're listening to a podcast from Riverview Church in Bowness, recorded during one of our Sunday gatherings. For more information about Riverview Church, or service times, or contact details, go to riverviewchurch.uk or find us on Facebook at Riverview Bowness. Right, okay guys, it's, it is good to be here. Um, now, I don't need to tell you all over again that these are some pretty unusual times that we're living in. I, you know, you know that, you're experiencing that. But, but for some, I think perhaps the full reality, the full magnitude of the situation hasn't sunk in yet, hasn't hit home. Um, and basically, life has changed completely and probably for a very significant period of time. Uh, how long? We don't know. But there's every likelihood, every possibility that when we do emerge from this uh, season, we find that things will never go back exactly to how how they were. And I believe the church has a significant role to, to play in this new normal. Um, practically, physically, emotionally, we need to be there to be help, to be care, to be comfort, to be compassion and to bring hope above all things to bring hope and say there is a hope which will not disappoint for for the church covid-19 is showing like with magnifying glass kind of clarity the church has never been about the buildings it's never been about the programs or the paintwork or the meetings or the clusters of people individually in friendship groups or even the kind of style in which we worship or or that we play our music for the church, it is, as it always has been, about the good news about Jesus Christ. That God loved us so much that his son Jesus Christ clothed himself with the very same flesh that in its all vulnerabilities as ours. And that he bled for us in exactly the same way that we bleed, in the same way that our flesh bleeds, in order that we can be rescued from the full and terrible reality of death and separation from him. And this is possible simply by believing in and trusting upon his name, the name of Jesus, so that in doing that, in putting our trust in him, uh, instead of having death leading to separation, we we have the, the promise of resurrection leading to eternal life. And this good news is the purpose of the church. It is the the, the go into all the world. So when we put our trust in Jesus, he renews us. And the, the entire trajectory of our lives becomes about loving God genuinely with all of our heart, soul, mind, body, strength, every fiber, every sinew, every breath, every thought, every word, everything from our hearts to love God with all that we have. And then out of that comes this overflow, which is about loving our neighbor, as Jesus puts it, love your neighbor as we love ourselves. Now, some of us might have a problem with that because in terms of loving ourselves, because you think, well, I don't want to be in love with myself because is isn't that arrogance to love yourself. And, um, and actually, I, I want to put to you this morning that loving ourselves is about recognizing the way that God loves us and then applying that same love to our lives. And if we can't love ourselves that way, then we haven't fully understood 
God's love for us. Because he loves us despite our dirt, despite our mistakes, despite our failings, despite our stubbornness, despite our rebellion, despite our sin, despite the fact that, you know, we, we make mistakes all of the time. He loves us even within that, that while we were still enemies, Christ died for us. While we were still ungodly, Christ died for us. Uh, and there's an incredible thing there that if he can love us that way, then we need to love ourselves exactly the same way as that. And this love should change us. It should change the way that we love God. It should change the way that we love ourselves then. And it should therefore change the way that we love others. And I sense that in in many ways, these circumstances that we find ourselves in now uh, are going to act like a kind of a, a faith MRI uh, which looks deep into our hearts and into our outworking attitudes to see what's under the hood of what we call our faith. So you may well have seen the, the hashtag love your neighbor as we've applied it to loads of posts uh, this week in Riverview, but also in, in uh, the community response group as well. And we're trying to really just push that across the town that this is about loving your neighbor. And we're looking to coordinate this full, effective, whole community response to this crisis. So today I, I want us as a church to look at what loving your neighbor looks like through the lens of Jesus Christ, through faith in Christ. So if you've got your Bibles with you or you've got an app or something like that, go to Matthew 5, 43 to 48. So Matthew 5, 43 to 48. And it says, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even the pagans do that? So be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. So if I was having uh, a PowerPoint presentation, sorry I didn't get a projector to go up behind me here. It's not a bad idea for next week. Uh, I would have up the, the tag uh, neighbours and enemies question mark here. Uh, because firstly that phrase, hate your enemy. thing is it's not found anywhere in law, in the law that God gave the Hebrews. Or anywhere in Old Testament scripture, whereas uh, love your neighbour is, it's actually found in Leviticus 19 verse 18 and it says but love your neighbor as yourself so this is where Jesus is is referencing when he says this repeatedly uh, so probably hate your enemy was a saying like a, a colloquial saying something socially accepted as a concept like we might say you've got to look after your own or you've got to take care of number one uh, and it's that kind of exclusive like I'm going to leave you because I don't care for you and I'm just going to look out for myself. So love the people close to you, hate everybody else uh, around. And Jesus flips this, or, or rather he corrects this as a poor attitude, uh, because this has always been God's heart to be outworking love. And the full verse in Leviticus is, Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people, but love your neighbour as yourself. I am, it's that I am the Lord. I am Yahweh. Now, 
this isn't a polarization like it's an instruction for you to love the people close to you and then love the people that you really can't stand but everyone else you don't really know the people you know on different streets in town don't worry about them let someone else deal with them it's not saying that it's not saying leave the middle ground to somebody else it, it's it's not simply of how to apply behavior to your friends and to your enemies it's a much broader stroke of the brush if, if your attitude allows you to love and pray for your enemies, then there's nobody that that love will not cover. So if you can forgive somebody who has hurt you deeply, if you can love somebody who winds you up, if you can, if you can show kindness to somebody that you'd rather punch on the nose, maybe me, but if you can do that, if you can love somebody even when it goes against your grain, then there's nobody that you can't love. There's nobody that is outside of that capacity. And if you want to see this modelled, look at Jesus. Because as I said earlier, while we were sinners, while we were at enmity with God, Christ died for us, the ungodly. And so while we were enemies, Jesus was praying for us. Jesus was moving to rescue us and demonstrate his love to us. So what Jesus is saying here is treat everyone with the same level and let that level be sacrificial love. So my next tag would be, who is your neighbor? And by that rationale, everybody is your neighbor, regardless of who they are, regardless of whether you like them or not, regardless of whether you find it socially awkward to be around them or not, uh, whether they're your kind of person or not, however cantankerous, however argumentative, or even violent or dangerous or vile, even, even when you're mocked and persecuted and belittled and sidelined and ignored and scorned, even then that person is your neighbour. That's what Jesus is saying. And therefore you should love them as an outflowing of understanding God's love for you and loving God. So how should we behave right now? Currently, I mean, to be honest, this is how we should always be behaving as, as Christians. But right now, how should we behave? How should we love our neighbours? Well, first and foremost, it has to start at a heart level. It's attitude. But listen, attitudes always manifest in action. Always. What, what is seen on the inside, under the right conditions, will be seen on the outside. And, and some of those conditions might be the pressures of life, it might be stress, uh, it could be fear, it could be anxiety. And under those right conditions, the real me is going to come out and the real you is going to come out. And really, have we ever faced such pressured, intense and anxious inducing times as these? And so whatever Church, listen, whatever is on the inside of your heart now is likely in the coming months to be seen in some way on the outside. And so, you know, what do we do with that? How do we deal with that? Well, before I get there, let me deal with my next banner, which is negative actions and behaviours. And this is what sometimes comes out when things get tough. You've probably seen a bit of selfishness, a bit of self-centeredness. On the one hand, we've got panic. Uh, and selfishness there and on the other hand you've got indifference and almost cockiness like this virus I don't care about this virus it's only going to be light it's not going to bother me uh, it's still selfishness it's still self-centeredness it's still this is all about me this is my response to this and we can't afford that 
we cannot as a community or as a church afford to have that self-centered kind of attitude of as long as i'm okay that's all that matters we have to look outward um the other day i was in the pharmacy uh, and i had to just go and pick up like my prescription for my inhaler i need that and i would normally get that anyway and uh, and the queue was out of the door and um and people were obviously complaining about that and and what have you and listen i i'm not begrudging or, or suggesting that people shouldn't go and get their medicine i understand and i went to get medicine myself because we need that but the underlying thing is this kind of self-preservation which is natural we all have that it's the desire to survive whatever the cost we we are programmed almost to survive and so that's self-preservation uh, and so in the pharmacy, I totally understand. But then you look at the supermarkets and you see what's happening there and how, how much hurt that is causing, how much fear that's causing for uh, the elderly, for people who work in the NHS and need to keep going and can't get food and things like that because people are just, I, I've never seen it, but people are just seem to be just emptying the shelves for themselves. And, uh, and I, I would just challenge that kind of panic there of trying to protect your family and trying to just make sure that you've got enough in your cupboard because whatever you've got in your cupboard actually, and, and this is true, whatever you have in your cupboard is for your neighbor as well, whatever it is. So self-preservation in, in some ways it is a natural response, but as believers we're called to something higher, to behave better or to be supranatural. Uh, now not supernatural in this instance, but supranatural, in other words, not beating ourselves up, not trying to force ourselves to do good works, like to try and do the right thing to be justified and saved by works, but by being naturally equipped by Father God to behave better. Because Jesus, uh, he puts it this way, uh, as children of our father in heaven. Now, I, I never knew my dad. He died when I was one. But people would say, I look like him. My mannerisms are like his. My character is like his. Uh, it, when I was in my mother's womb and God knit me together in there, he knit into me some of my father's characteristics. And when I'm born again, knitted into me again, are characteristics of my heavenly father. So he calls me to be supernatural above the, the, the natural survival kind of mentality that we as humans have. Uh, it's intrinsically part of who we are then, the, the natural result of drawing near to God and loving him with heart, soul, body, mind and strength. Our behaviour should reflect his behaviour. Now listen, a growing relationship with God means growing an opposite response to our natural self-centeredness. I'll say that again, a growing relationship with God means growing an opposite response to our natural self-centeredness. So what does this look like? Really quickly, um, positive behavior, hashtag there. Um, even if you're afraid, you can still reach out. Even if you need to look after your family, which you do, and that's right and that's godly, but you can still resolve to help somebody else. In fact, we, we must. Uh, and here's some ways that we can do that. Firstly, be kind. Uh, understand that while everyone is under similar pressure at this moment in time, the way individuals deal with this will be as varied as their individual situations. And we don't really know what's going on. We don't know how their heart is responding to this. So we just need to be kind, be loving, speak, uh, speak life to people, speak truth to people, speak encouragement to people, speak compassion to people. At all costs, avoid, avoid judgmentalism in the church and out of the church towards 
towards believers and towards non-believers, you know, because we are in the same boat. So, so let's avoid judging others for their behavior during this, because a lot of it is natural response. But remember, we're called to supra-natural responses. Uh, and above all, everything else, what can you do best for your neighbors? What can you do best for your family and yourselves and the world? Pray. Pray. How should we pray? Firstly, seek him first. If, if you do that, this is like getting our attitude in check. It's like resyncing our heart to, to God's heart. It, it, it's actually, it's almost like control, alt, delete, start again. So seek God first, put his kingdom first, put his righteousness first. Let him speak and push peace over your life as you pray, as you present him with your supplications and your anxieties and your requests. Let the peace that passes understanding guard your heart and mind and reassure you of the hope you have in Christ. So seek him first and then out of that, put others before yourself in prayer as well. Even those who persecute you, even those who you don't think have your best interests at heart, let that selfless attitude happen naturally from a loving relationship with God and put others before yourself as you pray and as you act. And then for yourself, um, this is what I would advise praying for yourself. Uh, pray for protection for his purposes. Now, when I used to take my car on a journey, I would always pray, Lord, protect me on this journey. Don't let me be in an accident and what have you. And yet I know there's been just a number of high profile believers who've who've lost their lives in car accidents or been in car accidents and, and other horrendous situations. And it's it's not wrong to pray, God, protect me, but... I got convicted that actually I want to say, Lord, let your will be done. And that's not defeatism. That's not saying I don't have faith. In fact, it's calling to a higher level of faith because it's saying uh, what I pray now is, Lord, protect me for your purposes. So as far as you want me involved, protect me for that, Lord. Don't let the enemy get a foothold. Don't let the enemy form a weapon and let that prosper because I need you, God, to be outworking your purposes and your promises for my life. So I do pray for protection, uh, but I pray for it in line with his purposes for my life. And it, Jesus says he causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. And, and actually both of those are blessings the sun and the rain are blessings there but if you want to see the rain as like the kind of curse and the the, the sun as a blessing it's true that actually that everybody is experiencing this together and, and things that come in life that are difficult will face christians and non-christians alike the difference is we have jesus uh, a sure anchor a, a hope and a foundation to actually weather the storms and come through and we know that his purpose will stand we know that his promise will stand so protect me lord for your purposes so as i wrap up and this is really me coming in now and uh, let's have a quick look at the time how should we act love is not passive it's active so firstly importantly follow government guidelines they're there to protect people to protect you but check on your neighbors be there for them be safe be sensible collect shopping collect prescriptions but be safe and sensible and share the gospel be ready to give an answer for the hope that you have this is ultimately the most loving thing that you can do. Now imagine if the gospel spread across the world as swiftly as the virus. Because the greatest thing that you can do right now is share Jesus with your neighbours. Imagine if the effect of that 
was as effective as sharing the virus with your neighbours. Imagine if the proximity... Do you know, you don't even need to be, le- you know, less than two metres distance from a person to share Jesus with them. You can do that over the fence, you can do that over their phone, you can do that by dropping notes through their door, you can do that by showing compassion and love to them. Now, there are some dark times ahead, church, and I'm really closing with this last bit. Um, and in the coming weeks, even possibly this week, we're going to have to have some difficult conversations as a church um i'll be honest with you we're gonna have to talk pretty openly about things like death and bereavement uh because again i have faith in jesus but i also believe there's wisdom in being prepared um for this season and yet i want you to know in amongst that that there is hope and this is hope that will not disappoint Uh, We're not talking about a simple hope like, I hope one day this will be over and everything will go back to normal. This is actually saying there is a hope imperishable and, and immovable that is for a better normal. That is the hope that we have in Jesus Christ, a better normal. Jesus is victorious, church. In his victory, he has secured for us freedom, freedom from fear, freedom from death, freedom from the consequence of sin, freedom from sickness, freedom from the consequence of uh, of sickness as well, uh, and freedom from the risk of separation from God. So praise be to God the Father who has given us Jesus Christ through whom we have the victory. And now we are more than conquerors. We can say with confidence, no weapon fashioned against me will prosper because God has the victory. Praise him glorify him church great to see you today i'm just going to pray i'm going to stay online for a few minutes after that just to see if anything happens um if any of you want to pass comments on or anything like that uh, just for a couple of minutes but let me just pray and then we'll see where to go from there father god i just thank you firstly that the church is positioned to be here for such a time as this I thank you that you are moving in your church and actually in many ways you are reviving your church through this. So for that, God, I thank you. I praise you that where the enemy has plans to harm us, you you have come and you have overturned those plans and you are using them for good. So we pray that the goodness of God would be known in every street and every house of Bonas at this time. And we pray, Lord Jesus, by the power of your Holy Spirit, that you will set a wildfire of your gospel ablaze in this town. Let it outperform the virus. Let it outperform so that what we see when this is all done and dusted is a kingdom community here. We thank you, praise you for this church, Lord. We love them and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.